You know, what Rob said really resonated with me during communion time in that I can remember a day when in youthful hubris, I sort of had that want to impress people with my ability to speak, my insight into scripture. And over time, I think we recognize, you know, it's not about that. It's really about hoping that God can somehow use the words that he's given you to speak to people. And so as we begin this year together, 2020, with opportunities to preach and to teach and learn together, whether it's me or someone else standing in this place, really that is my prayer, that God will use the words that he gives me and Zach and others who speak and teach the opportunity, those words to, to speak into lives and to make a difference. Let's pray as we begin together. God, we lift you up, and, and now as we begin a year of teaching and learning from Scripture today, God, I pray that you'll bless us as we hear your word, that it will impact us and change us and make us into the people that you want us to be. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you want to accomplish in 2020? You know, that's something we probably thought about a little bit over the last few days. Maybe you took some time specifically to think through that, or maybe it's just been on your mind. Maybe you've some made some resolutions, already broken them, forgot them. I don't know. That's just the way it works. But, you know, when we think about that, a lot of times what we go through is what's well, mostly about me, isn't it? It's mostly about, okay, what are the things that I want to do? It's mostly about what are the things that I don't like about my life or myself, my situation, that I want to change in this next year? What can I do to make my life better? It's easy for us to think about that. But, but before we get too far down that road, I'd like us, for us to back up a little bit at the beginning of this year together and, and think Think about it in a different way, to approach it from a different angle, to think about the mission that God has given us. We say at Taylorville Christian Church that our mission is to love God and love others. That's what we're all about. And that speaks into our life together, but it also speaks into our lives as individual followers of Jesus. It speaks into our lives as families. We are here to love God with everything we do and then share the love that he has given us with the people around us with our families, our spouses, our kids, our parents, with our friends, with the people that we work with or go to school with, with the people in church, whoever it may be, maybe even strangers, that we're here to share God's love. Okay, how does that speak into how we understand this year to come? You know, what I know is that God loves you and He loves me. He created us. He knows about us, knows us better than we know ourselves, and God wants us to flourish not only in 2020, but in every year. But what does that mean? We might say what it means to flourish is to have great relationships, plenty of money, health, a good job, all of those things. Maybe God looks at it in a little different way. In fact, I'm sure he does. We might be able to look to passages like Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where, God said, where Paul says this. He says, for we are God's handiwork. Maybe if you have a Bible today that the translation says there, for we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created you. You are the result, and this is powerful to me, you are the result of God's creative power. You are His handiwork. His masterpiece. 
And God created something for you to do. You are unique. You're not like me. You're not like any other human being. And so the work that he's given you to do, what he wants you to accomplish, is not necessarily the same thing that he's given me to do. You are uniquely equipped to do something that no one else is. And the question is, are you going to do it? As we begin 2020, are you going to do the work that God has called you to do. Today we begin a new series of lessons that's going to last through the month of January. It's called The Me I Want to Be, and it's based on a book by the Christian author John Ortberg. Maybe you've read some of his books or heard him speak. Great author and speaker and teacher. And, and Zach and I both read this book and thought, man, here's some insight into what life should really be like. So a lot of what we're teaching comes from that book and certainly comes from the scriptures that he points to. So if you'd like to get that book, I encourage you to do that. It's not new. It's been out at least 10 years. So it's not something brand new off the presses. But I think there's a lot of great value in the teaching that we find there. So I want to share a little bit. There's far more in the book than we can share, but a little bit of the insight that we found there as we begin this new year. So thinking a little bit about 2020, a lot of us have thought about something to do, right? We've seen ads all through the month of December, now into January for gym memberships and exercise equipment, right? For new diets, for all this stuff that we could do to make ourselves better. But as we think about God's purpose for our lives... As we think about the God who created us specifically with work to do because of how he created us, what does scripture have to say about how we live our lives this year? As we begin this journey together through becoming the me that I want to be and more importantly that God wants us to be, I want us to look at a passage we find in John chapter 7. John tells us that Jesus is in Jerusalem for one of the major feasts. And he he sort of waited until the very height of the crowds that would have gathered in Jerusalem for this feast. And then he makes an announcement. Like the crowd is there. Jesus stands up. He's going to reach as many people as he can with this message. And this is what he says in the middle of verse 37. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Jesus is not talking about physical thirst, right? He's using an analogy here. Think about when you're really thirsty, there's only one thing you want. You're not hungry. You don't want new clothes. You want something to drink. And Jesus says, imagine that spiritually. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Jesus doesn't say... If you're really thirsty, come to me and I'll give you a glass of water. That would be what we would need. But Jesus goes further than that, right? Jesus says, if you are thirsty, if you are desperate for something spiritually, if you are in need, come to me and it will be not just a glass of water. It will be a flow like a river that runs through you. More than you need. Enough to share. This flow coming through us, the power of a river, more than we need. And what is that? What's Jesus talking about? What what is that work in us 
that meets this spiritual need for us and allows an overflow that can even run into the lives of other people. He tells us in verse 39, John is speaking here and he says this, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. John says Jesus is pointing forward. He's saying there's going to come a time Right now, I'm with you, but when I'm gone, here's the way God's going to be at work. And it's not going to be a glass of water. It's going to be a river flowing through you, and it is the Spirit of God. And immediately we say, okay, what does that mean, Jesus? How does the Spirit work? I mean, we hear about that, and sometimes we get a little scared of that because like, there are other Christians who take that further than we do, and we don't understand what they're doing, and so we sort of just stay away from this, or we just don't understand it at all, so we just don't talk about it. That's a mistake. You know, instead of allowing God's Spirit to flow through us, what we sometimes do is we build a dam to hold it back. Because we're a little afraid of what God's Spirit just might do. And we don't understand exactly how the Spirit of God, God works. What we're talking about is God's Spirit. The way God works in the world now is flowing through us. If we allow it. And so rather than ignoring it, rather than pushing back, Jesus says, Open yourself up to it. Allow God's Spirit to be at work in you because that's how God works in the world. Orberg says this in the book, The only way to become the person God made you to be is to live with the Spirit of God flowing through you like a river of living water. That's how God wants to work in you. Is to be at work like this spirit that is like a river. So what do we do with that? The lesson there is pretty simple, that we've got to allow God's spirit to be at work. But the question that comes to mind is maybe two questions. First, how do we, how do we access the spirit? How, how do we allow this river to flow? What does that even mean? And second, how do we know that the Spirit of God is at work in our lives? Those are two really good questions that I think lots of us ask. To answer that first question, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. Here's what Jesus says about the way that life works. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What Jesus is saying is, if you want real life, the life that I intended for you, the life that has the Spirit of God flowing through it, you've got to give up what you want. Now, we're not too excited about that. You know, we say... I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a confession of faith. That's putting our faith in Jesus Christ. But we also say Jesus is Lord. And when we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying Jesus is in charge. 
And we can come to the point that we believe in Jesus, that we acknowledge who He is, but this second part of making Him Lord where we say, okay, I've got my life the way I want it or I'm pursuing some things in my life to make my life the way I want it. I'm accumulating stuff. I've got a great job. I've got a good life. And then Jesus comes along and says, what I'd like for you to do is surrender all of that to me. That's not especially attractive, is it? I'm getting things the way I want them, God. I've got this arranged. I've got goals. I've got a plan. I've got a strategy for pursuing all this. And, And now you come along and you upend all that and say, what I want you to do is make me Lord and surrender everything to me. That is exactly what God is asking of every one of us. Surrender. And if we want to be in the flow, if we want God at work in our lives to be the people that He has created us to be, we've got to surrender. We've got to surrender ourselves to God, and we've got to surrender ourselves to some other people. That's the way it works. It's investing our lives in God and investing in other people. I missed a quote. I don't know if we can get back to it on the screen, but but I read Dusty Baker said this. read this a few weeks ago. To be a great coach, you have to care more about your players than you do about your own success. The great ones apply this, the nobodies don't. I bet you can think of someone who understood that. Maybe it was a coach in your life. Maybe it was a teacher, a professor in college. Maybe you were involved in something else at school and you had someone involved in your life. Maybe it was one of the the first managers or bosses you had. And that person understood, it's not about me. It's about what I can invest in other people. You see, that's a recognition that, that a big chunk of life is about surrender. It's not about my success. It's not about my reputation. It's not about my achievement. What it's about is surrender. Giving up my life so God can flow through me. Now, how do I know God's at work? Well, Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5. He says, if you want to know that the Spirit of God is at work in your life, here's what it looks like. But the fruit of the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is growing in your life, it will produce fruit. Here it is. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that sounds like a perfect person. And I'm not a perfect person. No, you're not. Neither am I. But what Paul's telling us is, This is what we'll be characterized as. This is what is growing in us. Are we perfect on every one of these at every moment in our lives? No. But are these the things that are being developed in our lives? So if we look back a year and say, I can see see me growing in this fruit. The Spirit's at work. You're in the flow. You're not going to be perfect You're not going to react to every difficult situation in exactly the right way. We're going to have moments. 
But when we choose surrender and allow God to be at work and we're in the flow, then the Spirit produces fruit in us. And so the lesson for us today is faith leads to flowing. Faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about the kind of faith that says, yes, Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe He's the Son of God, but He's also Lord. And if He's Lord, I'm surrendering. Faith, that kind of faith, leads to flowing in the Spirit. And if we want the Spirit of God at work in us, that's what it takes. That's not always easy. We can't just talk about it. Instead, what we've got to say is, okay, if I look in my life, is this even something I've been interested in recently? Is this something I even crossed my mind? And maybe for some of us would say, you know what, to be honest, not really. Not trying to beat myself up, not trying to have false humility, but if I'm honest, what I have to say is I've been more interested in what I had to do at work. Having a decent vacation. Spending some time with my family. Trying to be a halfway decent mom or dad. Trying to finish this semester at school. Looking forward to getting a promotion that I've been working hard for. Looking forward to just hanging out with some friends. And I haven't thought much about flowing with the Spirit because I've had my plans in place. And so as we launch into this new year, maybe you need to ask, am I in the flow at all? Have I surrendered any one area of my life in a way that matters? One of the great insights in this book, The Me I Want to Be, is that we often think that to connect with God and to become the person that we should be, what we need to do is to try harder. And so we press into this and we beat ourselves up when we fail. And we think, okay, I've got to read a bunch of the Bible every single day. And if I miss a day, then I'm a bad person. If I just try a little harder. And his insight is, why don't you try softer? Not try less. That's not the point. The point is, why don't you think about what surrender really looks like? Why don't you think about what connecting with God looks like? Because if you really connect with God, God can change you. Lots of us have spent many, many years trying to become better people and pressing really hard and, and again, beating ourselves up to try to make ourselves feel bad when we fail, and, and it didn't work. So how about trying softer and just opening yourself up to a connection with God so that the Spirit can flow in your life and allow God to be at work? Because you know what? God is more powerful than you are. God is more powerful than your preacher. God is more powerful than a group of elders in a church. God is more powerful than any of us. So maybe what we need to do instead of pressing harder is open ourselves up to the way that God might be at work and allow our faith and our surrender to lead to flowing in God's Spirit. We're launching on this journey today. 
You know, part of the point is God created you. You are his workmanship, his craftsmanship, his masterpiece. And he wants to mold you into the person that he has in mind to get his work done. And the way that's going to happen is if we're flowing in the Spirit. He quotes Henri Nouwen when he says this, Spiritual greatness has nothing to do with our being greater than others. It's not about comparing. It's not about seeing if I'm more spiritually mature, if I pray a little more than other people, if I can quote more verses in the Bible, if I can turn to the right Scripture. It's not about any of that. Here's what it's about. It has everything to do with being as great as each of us can be. You see how he puts that in community? It's not just about me being as great as I can be. It's about each of us being as great as we can be. We do this together. It's about being the community of faith and standing together and saying, you know what? We love God. And we love others, and we're surrendering ourselves to become the people that God has called us to be. Faith leads to flowing. Allow God's Spirit to flow in your life this year so that He can make you into the person He wants you to be. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful for your Spirit at work in our lives. Thankful that you care enough who have created every single one of us in a unique way with unique things to do. And God, we ask this morning that you would empower us to do those things. God, be at work through your spirit in us. And as hard as it is, we surrender ourselves to what you've called us to be and to do. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.